Well, that scene, obviously, is from Lord of the Rings. Um, which is a movie about a lot of different things, but one of the things it's about is friendship, right? Yeah. So it's a movie about friendship between Samwise and Frodo. What quality of friendship would you say we saw right here? Okay, there's definitely a bond of love between them, yeah. He's faithful, right? That's good, that's a good word. The word that we're going to use today is constant, okay? True friendship is constant. And we see that between Sam and and Frodo here, um, particularly in a moment of hardship, right? So Frodo knows he's got this difficult task ahead of him, and so he's going to go off and do it alone, but Sam won't let him because he's going to go to Mordor alone and I'm coming with you, right? So that's what Sam says. Um, And so in true friendship, we see that it's constant. It's something that uh, stays together in the good times as well as the bad times. Now, I want to address something. This may seem like a total caveat, but before we move on, how many of you have heard maybe the assumption or, or even just someone say, oh, Frodo and Sam are gay? Or it's so gay of the way that they, they love each other and hug each other, right? I even saw some of you snickering during the video, right? That's something that comes up here. And I want to address it really quick. Because it's an interesting concept that comes up that when guys love each other or girls love each other in a deep, deep friendship, the natural thing for our world to do is, is to sexualize that and to say, oh, it's gay of them to do that, or homosexual of them to do that. Well, C.S. Lewis wrote a book called The Four Loves, and it talks about four different loves that are present in all of our lives, right? So the first one is affection. It's the love between a parent and a child, okay? The next one is friendship between two companions, two or more people. Um, It can be more than two. Friendship can be more than two people. There's eros, which is this romantic love, when you fall in love with somebody, And then there's charity, which is the old word for grace, and it's God's grace-based love for us, right? So we talk about these four loves throughout the book, and he talks about when this chapter on friendship, how we as humans love eros love. We love romantic love, right? So back, you know, when the classics were written, we wrote Romeo and Juliet, and, and it was this romantic love story. And it's the love story that gets reproduced in all other stories, right? So we have a whole genre of romantic comedies. um, And actually, up until recently, almost every Disney movie ended with a wedding, right? It's not the boy falls in love with the girl, right? And we celebrate romantic love. It's the most important of the loves, right? Hey, Alec, let's put that away, okay? I'm not going to call people out if they're on their phones, but guys, we get to study God's word, and so if you're on your phone, let's be studying God's word, okay? So let's not not let that be a distraction to us. Okay, um, so we are... Lost my train of thought there. Um, Disney movies, movies, right. Until one of the most recent Disney movies, Frozen. Okay, Frozen is actually the first movie in a long time that celebrates... Friendship. It celebrates the bond between the two sisters, right? It's not about her falling in love. You know, you, we thought that's how it was going to end the first time you watched it. Like, she's going to fall in love with Olaf and... <laughs> Just kidding. That's the, that's the snowman. Um, it would have been an, an interesting way to end the movie. Um, no, so they, they don't fall in love. It's about sisterly love, right? 
So all that to say, I, this is all a caveat. So side note, I want us just to be aware that that's what our world does, that we sexualize everything, even guys' friendships with guys, girls' friendships with girls, to the point where we can't even appreciate friendship for what it is. So we're going to talk about Jonathan and David in the upcoming small groups this coming week. And we're going to see that it talks about how Jonathan loved David as his own soul. And you know what's happened? People have gone back and they've read that and they've said Jonathan and David were gay. That they use it as proof that there's homosexuality in the Bible, in the famous heroes in the Bible. And it's just, it's not what the Bible's telling us. It's us looking through our lenses and what we value back at the Bible. So there is deep love and friendship between guys and between girls, and it's not a sexual thing. So what is friendship? Let's talk about a definition. C.S. Lewis has two things he says about friendship that I think are helpful. First, he talks about the difference between friends and lovers, the difference between those who are in love with each other and those who are just friends, is that lovers are always talking to one another about their love. They're always talking about what their love. Friends hardly ever talk about their friendship. Lovers are normally face-to-face, Absorbed in each other, friends are side by side, absorbed in some common interest. So the friendship life is a life of going through the life side by side. You've got someone with you. And, and there's a book that we, I'm going to refer to quite a bit, and it's this one, True Friendship by Vaughn Roberts, and his catchphrase is walking shoulder to shoulder. But that's what friendship is. You don't sit next to each other and be like, no, you're my best friend. No, you're my best friend. No, you're my best friend. You know, like, I love you. No, I love you. That's how, like, that's how people are in love talk to each other, right? Um, but friends don't do that. You are friends in pursuit of something out there together. The second thing he says is this. He says, friendship is unnecessary. Just like philosophy and art and the universe itself, for God didn't really need to create it. It has no survival value Rather, it is one of those things which give value to survival. In other words, here's what he's saying. He's saying, we all need the affection kind of love. We need our parents to take care of us, or else as a baby, you don't survive your baby years. We all need romantic love, because then there wouldn't be any babies if there wasn't any romantic love, and the human race would just die off. There'd be no human race, right? But friendship, you don't necessarily need a friend to survive the human life. Friendship is one of these sweet things that God gives us just to make life better. I'm pretty sure you said we need friendship. Yeah, I did say that in the previous one. We do need it to live life to the fullest because of who we were created to be as relational beings. That being said, you can stay alive without a friend. Does that make sense? Possibly. I think it does, but um, we can talk more about it if we need to. So we're talking about survival on the most basic of survival things. So you could think of it as friendship is like honey. God could have given us bread and water, and we could have survived our whole life on bread and water. He didn't need to give us honey. Honey just makes life sweeter, right? And friends are like that. Friends don't, we don't need it to stay alive, but they give value to our survival. Okay, so that's our introduction. Let's jump into it. Quick review of last week. We've got a lot to talk about today, so we'll go really quickly. Last week, we talked about reclaiming friendship, okay? We had a couple Proverbs, the first one being Proverbs 18.24, which says, A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And what did we say this is highlighting? Anybody remember? 
What is this proverb telling us about friendship? Right. So quality is better than quantity, right? So a quality friend is going to stick close to you. You may have a lot of friends and still come to ruin because they aren't quality friends, right? And we talk about Facebook and how we have all these friends, but are they really friends? So Proverbs 26 says, Many a man proclaims his steadfast love, but a faithful man who can find. In other words, it's hard to find a faithful friend. Okay, lots of people might tell you they're your friend or talk about friendship but it's hard to find a genuine friend. Not everyone who says they are genuine friends really are genuine friends. So how do we know? How do we know who is our genuine friend? Well, I think the answer comes in hardship. It comes on the hard days, the difficult days. That's when we learn who our real friends are. So Proverbs 17, 17 says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. So there are these times in life, these all times in life, when life gets hard and a friend sticks by you for those times. We also have a man of many companions, we just read this, comes to ruin, but there's a friend who sticks closer to a brother. So when tragedy comes, when ruin comes upon you, your companions leave you, but there's a friend who sticks close to you. And then 2710 says, Do not forsake your friend or your father's friends. In other words, be a good friend. Stick close to your friends and your father's friends when trouble comes. And do not go to your brother's house in your day of calamity. So when trouble comes upon you, better is a neighbor who is near than a brother who is far away. So be a good friend to those who are around you. And when calamity comes upon you, you will find that you have true friends who stick close to you in the midst of it. So a constant friend is a friend who survives the moving day challenge, okay? So you guys maybe haven't moved a lot in your life. Uh, Someday you're going to go off to college, and then from college, the next 10 years, you're basically moving, okay? Um, And you have to figure out who are my real friends who are going to help me carry heavy things from one place to the next, right? Those are you true friends. When you say, who's coming to help me move? Those are your friends, right? True friends are quick to check on you when you break your leg or you roll your ankle or you can't do gymnastics for a few months. They're the ones who call you and say, oh, tell me what happened. I'm sorry to hear about it. Let's talk about it. True friends, constant friends are the ones who are the first to call you when they hear that someone close to you has passed away, right? Companions, those who aren't close to you, When they hear of hardship or death, they think, oh, that's so sad, but it would just be kind of awkward to call, and and I'm sure there's other people who are close to them who can talk to them. A true friend doesn't say that. A true friend realizes my friend is in need, and I'm going to go be there for them, and they call you, and they come and show up at your house. True friends can tell when you're feeling low, when you're down, and they come alongside you in that moment. They don't wait for you to be in a better mood Um, or just ignore how you're feeling. They want to be near you. They would rather share in your pain than not have you at all. A true friend would rather share in your pain than not have you at all. Well, there's an opposite out there. The opposite 
throughout the Proverbs can be categorized under superficial friends or fickle friends or fair-weather friends, okay? So these are the types of friends who are around just for the good times, right? And when things start to turn south, they are quick to leave you, just like we saw in that previous proverb that man of many companions can come to ruin. So when trouble comes, they're going to be ruined. The companions all leave. Proverbs 19.4 says, Wealth brings many friends, but a poor man's friend deserts him. So poverty is just one of the bad things that can happen to us. Go bankrupt, lose your job, don't have money. So, so long as things are going well, so long as someone is rich and they're doing well, they have lots of friends, but their money goes away, and so do their friends, if they're not genuine friends, okay? So these are fickle, they're fair weather. They're only your friend in fair weather. When the storm comes, the friendship comes to an end. Um, We see that again. Oops, nope, we're going to stop there. In Proverbs 18, 24. Where am I? We've already said that. Uh, So, oh, there's another proverb I want to share. Superficial friends, they claim to be your friends uh, when doing so benefits them, but they leave when it doesn't. Here's a proverb I don't have on the screen. Many seek the favor of a generous man, and everyone is a friend to a man who gives gifts. So in other words, if there's something in it for them, then they're your friend. Maybe it's the popularity that they get from being around you, or they they get benefits from being your friend and status, then they're your friend. And if that status goes away, then they're not your friend, okay? So characteristics of superficial friends are that they'd rather distance themselves from you and find another friend than have to share in your pain. So fair-weather friends, when trials and hardships come, they immediately think about how it's going to reflect on them. They think about man, it's such a bummer to be around this person. They're always sad. Yeah, their dad just died, but that doesn't really matter. They're sad. It's kind of a downer to be with them. Um, I'd rather be around people that make me feel good and feel happy, right? So that's a fair-weather friend. They'd rather distance themselves from you and find other friends than have to share in your pain. When you're low, they say things like, it's just depressing to be around you, and they're no longer by your side. Now, if we're honest with ourselves... I would say that we all tend towards the superficial friend category more than the constant friend. Be honest with yourself. That's why Proverbs 20 20 verse 6 says, Many a man proclaims his own steadfast love, but a faithful man who can find. Because it's hard to be a faithful friend. It's not easy to be a faithful friend. So the question is, How do we develop ourselves into faithful friends? How do we become constant friends? Well, we have six or seven things here. I can't remember. So we're going to talk about how to be a constant friend. And the first is this. Friendship takes work. Friendship takes work. Now, that might not seem that intuitive to you right now. Because honestly... It takes less work the younger you are. When you're kids and you show up at someone's house, I mean, it doesn't matter. Like, we take our kids to people's houses they've never met. Like, where are the toys? Where's the backyard? You're my same size. Let's do this, all right? And and it's just easy. That's friendship when you're young. And then you start getting a little bit older and, and you become aware of things like status, popularity, interests, 
right? Where you fit in. Okay, so whereas when you were kids, you'd just do basically about anything together, now we have a few more opinions. We start to think, well, I don't like to do that. I don't want to do that. Um, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. That's normal. But what that means is now not everyone is going to be your best friend, right? You're not going to like naturally connect with every single person because friendship is around similar interests, right? It's shoulder to shoulder, side by side, pursuing something that you both love. That's what friendship is. And so we're not all going to be best friends with each other, and that's okay. But if we do want to have some deep friendships, we have to realize that it's going to take work. That whereas it used to be really natural when we were younger, it takes work now. And the reason is because of this. Leaving friendships is easy. We can all admit that. Leaving a friendship is really easy. How do you leave a friendship? You just don't do anything. Don't call each other. Don't hang out with each other. It's really easy to leave a friendship. I've, lost less, I've left lots of friendships throughout my years, okay? Um, you don't hang out. You don't make an effort to get together. Um, and it's a, it's a very natural progression. Whereas keeping a friend is hard. It takes work. It takes caring about someone else other than yourself, right? So you have to think about them. You have to call them, check in on them. You have to know what's going on in their life. So a deep friendship, someone's mom dies, parents get divorced, they break their leg, whatever it is. If you aren't in touch to know about that, well, then you can't be there for your friend and therefore you can't be a constant friend. So you have to be in touch with each other, all right? Um, so it takes work. Second, we'd say choose a few to befriend. This is just saying that you can't be a constant deep friend with everybody. It might sound a little bit cold and calloused, but that's the reality. Like our relational ability has limits, okay? We have time limits, first of all. We, we have an amount of time that we have each week, and it's the same for everybody, and we can sleep or not sleep, whatever you want to do, but you have so many relationships that you can pour into. Um, so we can't simply invest in everybody. We have to choose some. So not everyone can be a close friend. We have to choose. Now, this isn't an excuse for you to exclude. Like if you come on Wednesday and you've got certain friends that in your group and you like turn your back, you're like, I'm applying the sermon. I've chosen her, not you. Okay? That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying, like, you know, I'm being biblical here because Nick told me to choose a friend and you're not it. That's not, that's not the application, okay? We're saying you should be friendly to everybody, okay? You can be friendly, you can be accepting, but if you want to have a deep relationship with a few friends, you're going to have to work at it and you're going to have to decide kind of who those friends are, okay? If you're trying to go deep with every single person you meet, like... You're getting your burger at McDonald's. You're like, hey, like, tell me your struggles. Like, what's going on with you? It's just going to be awkward, first of all, and you're not going to go deep with everybody. Okay, so you got to choose who are you going to go deep with. And, and sometimes some friends naturally drift away and others are going to fill that void. And so it's not a matter of I'm in sixth grade and I must choose my three close friends for the rest of my life. This is really stressful. I'm stressing out. I don't know who to choose. That's not what I'm saying either, okay? But I am saying that when you choose friendships, you're going to have to choose a few and not many. And those people might change down through the years, and that's okay. 
Be open. Friendship is an intimate relationship. Okay? Friendship thrives on the intimacy of the relationship, and intimacy is built by openness. The only way that you can build trust and closeness between the two of you is when you're willing to share your life with one another. And that's, it's a hard one. It's hard for us to be authentic. It's hard for us to be open. It's hard to know who to trust with what you want to share. And, and no, I'm not necessarily just saying you need to share all your deepest, darkest sins with each other. Okay? It's not like... And I think we can build that culture into the church sometimes where it's like we sit down and you're like, I struggle with this, now what do you struggle with? You can share your struggles and that's good and you can pray for one another and it's okay if you have different struggles. You don't have to all struggle with like, we can't be friends because my sins are different than your sins. That's not what we're saying either. Um, But there needs to be an openness. You need to be willing to address the things that are going on in your life. So for example, you go to your friend's house and then, you know, their mom and them have like a total shouting match and, you know, things are thrown, there's dents in the wall, and you go upstairs to hang out, and you don't just kind of, like, ignore that and just keep going on in life. You say, so, like, what's going on with you and your mom? That's fun. You know, tell, tell me about that. Like, I'm here for you, and tell me, like, what's going on there? How did it get to this point? How can I pray for you, you know? Um, and, and that's what a friend does. But, that being said, um, while you're open and you share things with your friend... Your friend is not your therapist, okay? And we can enter into relation. Maybe we've had friends like this where we think, I think my friend just thinks I'm their therapist because all they do is tell me all their problems, but they never ask me anything. You ever been in a relationship like that? Okay, so we also have to be interested. We also have to be in a friendship where we are interested in the other person. We want not just for us to be open, but we want them to be open. And oftentimes, for openness to happen in a friendship, we have to ask questions. We have to be willing to listen to their answers. And not just like an obligatory, so tell me about your family, huh? Uh-huh, yeah, well, tell me about... And like not really gathering anything that they're saying and having no idea what they just said. That's not a true friendship. So a true friendship listens and comes ready to listen. So this is something I've been growing in recently. I, I am not great at it. I walk into a house and people say, how are you? And I can talk for a while about how I am. And then they're like, well, okay, see you later, time to go. And I'm like, oh shoot, I didn't ask how they were. I just talked about myself the entire time. So it's easy to talk about ourselves because we are ourselves and we think about ourselves and we talk to ourselves all the time. And we think normally in life, me, 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 me. We're thinking about myself and how this affects me. So when people ask us how we are, it's really easy to just talk and talk about ourselves. It's hard to stop and say, enough about me. How are you doing? I saw that this happened. Tell me about it. Okay? So we need to ask good questions. We need to ask about their Christian life. So it's not just what's your favorite movie star or who's your crush right now. We need to ask them about real things. We need to be interested in more than just that one thing that brought us together, right? So let's say you're friends because you both love Star Wars. You don't just talk about Star Wars all the time. You talk sometimes about, tell me about what's going on in your life. You know, what's hard, what's difficult. How can I be there for you? Okay? And so we want to know. And then we ask, how can I pray for you? This is a key sign of a friendship. We ask, how can I pray for you? How can I be there for you spiritually? And then you pray for them. That's, that's a really good mark of friendship, is that not only do you ask how you can pray for them, 
you're actually thoughtful enough of them, you are interested enough in the relationship that when you think of that person, you pray for them. So I would challenge you guys, as you think about a friendship that you'd like to have, a good starting point might actually be just praying for that person. Start praying for that person that you'd like to see your relationship go deeper with. Ask just basic stuff. If you don't know what to pray for, pray the fruit of the Spirit for them. Lord, we just pray that, I pray that my friend, you'd give them love and joy and peace and patience and goodness and kindness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. Okay, pray the, uh, pray the armor of the Spirit. What's, called, what's that called? The armor? armor of God, yeah. Wrong, wrong member of the Trinity, sorry. Um, pray that over your friends. Like, pray that they would be equipped with the breastplate of righteousness and that they would know the sword of truth and that they would have the shield of faith and they would have the helmet of salvation. Lord, let them be saved, right? And that they would have shoes of peace, okay, and the belt of truth and that you just pray these things for your friends, okay? So be interested. Oh my goodness, the time is gone. We're going to keep going. Be committed, okay? So I'm not saying that you need to ask for statements of commitment. You know, like when you're in elementary school and you're like, I am your best friend, are you my? No, you're my best friend, am I your best friend? And it's this awkward kind of, uh, well, I'm not sure yet, you know? Like, are you asking me to marry you? <laughs> Strong. And now the friendship, which was on good terms, is coming to an end because I didn't say right away that they were my best friend. Friendship doesn't work that way. You don't need to make statements of commitment to one another, but you do need to be committed to each other, which means you've invested time in keeping up with one another. Um, when you know something difficult is going on, you're there for them, okay? Um, you, have, you interact with them from the serious to the mundane. You text them something uh, throughout the week, you know, this reminded of you, me of you, remember that one time. You're committed to staying in contact. Be gracious. I didn't type that in, but it should be there. Be gracious, okay? So um, for friendships to be constant, they must survive the bad times as well as the good times. The hardest thing for a friendship is when there's tension in the friendship itself, right? So it might be hard to go visit your friend after their mom dies. But what's even harder is when there's something that's come between you two, right? When there's tension in the friendship itself. And so friends need to realize that their friend isn't perfect. The other person isn't perfect. And that they have to be understanding of days when they're just having a bad day and when they're just grumpy. Right? So I told you guys about my friend Michael. I remember a time we were um, driving from California, uh, from Vancouver, British Columbia, down to California. Big road trip. We'd been in the car for a while. We were sleeping on the beach. We were surviving off of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And I just got the grumps real bad. And I, I just remember, like, everything they were saying, I was like, you guys are the most annoying people in the world. Like, I hate you. Get me out of this car. And I was just really grumpy. And I remember Michael just kind of like rolling his eyes, just being like, whatever. Like, we just keep going. And later on in the day, I'm like, sorry, I was so grumpy. You know? And uh, you don't nail each other on just being normal human beings, okay? You're willing to survive that. So that's gracious but also be willing to repent and forgive. Sometimes it goes beyond grumpiness. Sometimes it's real wrongdoing that's taken place, okay? And you've actually hurt one another. You've betrayed one another. And, and the pain is real there, okay? If you are the one causing the pain in a friendship and you want the friendship to last, you must be willing to repent. And if you are the one who has been hurt in a friendship and you want the friendship to last, you must be willing to forgive. Otherwise, the friendship comes to an end. 
I've had a friendship, I've had lots of friendships, but one in particular comes to mind, that this exact same thing happened, right? I, a lot of my friends in college were a year older than me. Michael, my friend, was a year older than me. They were all a year older than me. So it was great through most of college. Senior year comes, all my friends graduated, right? Even my wife, she was a year older than me, right? So my wife's graduate. Here I am, senior year of college, should be like best year, senior year. I've got no friends. They all graduated. And I remember there was one day I'm in the cafeteria and I'm sitting there, I'm eating my, I, I, no, I'm going to eat my dinner. I'm like, Lord, please send someone to sit with me. <laughs> like literally as a senior in college, like I'm tired of eating my dinners alone. Like I want someone to sit with me. I open my eyes. There's a guy. He's like, hey, can I sit with you? I'm like, yeah. I <laughs> uh, sits down like, you won't believe. I was just praying that someone sit down with me. Like, no way. Transfer student had just come in that year, was like five years older than me because he had some crazy life stuff and was just finishing up college now. Become great friends. It was a great year. Uh, his name is Jeremy. And... We had a conversation about, you know, six, seven months later about his girlfriend, and I can't even tell you the details of the conversation. I remember I probably gave some advice that was out of ignorance, like I knew anything about girls at that point. I didn't. Um, And I remember he got upset, was upset with what I said, and kind of chewed me out right there. And he apologized later on, but I can tell you I didn't accept the apology. I I was frustrated with how he talked to me, and I... I never went back, and the friendship never continued, and it's really sad, and Angel knows, we've talked to each other a few times, but it's never been the same, and just reflecting as I was writing this this message, I'm just like, huh, that's what happened, I just never forgave him, and now we're not friends, I don't know, maybe you guys have a relationship that comes to mind, maybe there's a a relationship that that was going well, and it just, it's not there anymore, and it's because you never asked for forgiveness, or you never gave the forgiveness when they asked for it. So we have to repent and forgive. Um, Finally, we have to be patient. We have to be patient. Uh, Aristotle says, the desire for friendship comes quickly. Friendship does not. We all want friends, but it takes a while for friendships to happen. So be patient. Close with three questions for you. First of all, ask yourself, where have I failed to be a constant friend? Because the reality is, we all have. None of us are perfect friends. So I don't want you to immediately walk out here and be like, well, now I know why so-and-so is such a bad friend because they don't do all this stuff. No, start by looking inside. Think about yourself. Where have I failed to be a constant friend? Surely you have. Your best friend from kindergarten probably isn't still your best friend. Something happened there. So where have you failed? Second, who do I want to have a deep friendship with? Start thinking, looking around. Who do I want to have a deep friendship with? And realize God chooses your friends. God chooses your friends in the sense that he's put you around certain people. So don't think like, my friend is out there somewhere and I must go meet them. It's probably someone that's right in front of you. Someone at your school, someone in your neighborhood, someone at church. Who do I want to have a deep friend with? Who am I going to pursue in a deep friendship? Finally, Which friendships need my attention now? In other words, there's a good chance that it's someone that you already know. That you should pursue a deep friendship with someone who's already in your life. And maybe there's, you were good friends and there's a problem and you still need to resolve that problem. Maybe there's still forgiveness that needs to happen there. 
but look in front of you at which friendships God has given you and choose which one am I going to pour more effort into? Which one am I going to be a constant friend in? And do it. Do it this week. Plan something this week. Get together with your friend. Give him a call um, and extend that friendship. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for friendship. We thank you again for the wisdom that your word offers us. We acknowledge that the proverb is true, that many uh, a man proclaims steadfast love, but a faithful friend who can find. It's hard to find close and lasting friendships, and it's that way because it's hard to be a close and lasting friend. So Jesus, I pray that you'd strengthen us to do so, to look outside of ourselves and to be committed to others. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.